Welcome to the Vader Show. Mark Vader is out for today and tomorrow, so flying solo. I'm Kyle Klingman. Our guest today is Lee Miracle. He is the head women's coach at Campbellsville University. He has two WCWA championships, two NAIA Invitational championships, but that's going to change next year because the NAI announced that it is now championship recognition for women's wrestling. Let's start with that news, Lee. When did you know this might drop, that uh, NAI was going to sanction women's wrestling as an official championship sport? Well, first of all, Kyle, thanks for having me here. Um, it was tremendous news. When we got the news, obviously it was like, again, I've, I've said this over and over, it was, we knew it was going to happen someday. And, and if you walk back, you know, eight years ago uh, when I started this program, it was, uh, you know, I knew that this, this was how it was going to go. It was going to happen like this, but I never knew when it was going to happen. And I honestly didn't know if it was going to happen while I was still coaching because sometimes it takes a lot longer than others. But it finally happened and it just felt like, ah, finally. Did you get word in advance of the official announcement? Did you know it was going to drop and then you heard the news? How did you find out? Um, I did, uh, I did know early, um, and because I, I needed to, uh, make a quote about it and, uh, you know, it was exciting to hear from them and, and find that, find out that it had just happened and, and they wanted my, they wanted to know, you know, what I thought about it. And, and so I just, I told them. What did you think when they, they wanted that information and they gave you the announcement in advance? I felt like that's a lot of stuff, you know, to keep under my hat. It kind of felt like the old days back when I was in the military. I had a lot of secrets to keep, but um, I couldn't tell anybody. And I, you know, I knew that if I told anyone of my teammate or team or my coaching staff or anybody, it, for sure, it would just leak out. And all of a sudden, it'd be like, dang it, Lee, we told you not to tell anyone. But uh, so I was like, no, I'm not telling anyone. I didn't tell so. So you didn't tell Kayla. You didn't tell anyone. No, 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 nobody, nobody, uh, nobody that had anything to do with wrestling or knows how to spell wrestling. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the, the announcement is out now. What does this mean for women's wrestling going forward? Because this is a big step. As we look back to the WCWA, that was the sanctioning body for a while. It combined all divisions, split off for NAI Invitational in 2019. NCAA had their own in 2020, but now it's the first officially sanctioned women's championship. What does this mean for women's wrestling going forward? It, it legitimate, it, what's the word, legitimize? Um, everything that we've done, um, you know, it's been a step-by-step -step process, you know, just like you just kind of went through. Uh, and, and when the WCWA went away and we became, you know, the, the two uh, governing bodies were NAIA and NCAA, that was kind of scary because it was like we were losing control of kind of the baby that we had, you know, tried to raise. And, you know, this just makes it, you know, we, we knew we were going to go through a process and, and a lot of us talked about how that was going to be. And, you know, none of us were really correct. And it was in the end, it's kind of a, a mix of what we all thought and different things. Certain people were right. Certain people were wrong. But it, it ended up being, you know, this thing where it happened. Um, and now, you know, the rest of the rest of the time to NAI, we will have an actual national championship to look forward to at the end of the year. And 
Um, it just another thing to sell to our recruits, another thing uh, for all those girls out there that are coming up to look forward to in college. Can we go back to the WCWA, which stands for the Women's Collegiate Wrestling Association? Why was that so important to create and how did that advance women's wrestling to get us in this place where we are right now? Well, I think the simplest answer to that is, you know, there had to be some kind of a governing body. And, you know, the guys like Archie Randall, um, let's see who else was was in the in the Carl Murphy. Uh, you know, these people from the beginning were starting these programs, uh, nurturing this governing body and, uh, you know, say whatever you want about whomever or whatever. Uh, those guys did a great job of forming that. And <clears throat> I remember in 2018 when we won the WCWA and. Uh, it came down, you know, to the wire against uh, Simon Fraser, and it was just such a uh, it, it it was such a competitive environment with all of us there that it was hard to imagine how it could be better uh, without the WCWA, and and it was something that we kind of hardly never thought about then. And then, obviously, as things happened, uh, you know, the WCWA went away, but the importance of the WCWA cannot be uh, understated is there a part of you that's going to miss that though because as you said it comes down to the wire with simon frazier that's an ncaa school you're nai we're never going to be able to see those teams mixed together like that unless there's a midlands or one of those tournaments but is there a part of you that's going to miss that uh yes and I know that there's a divide coming at some point just like in the men's um you know there'll be a divide of some sort um, right now, you know, you know, you can see that divide uh, in some of these teams, but the depth, um, the depth is very good on the NAI side right now. Is that going to change in the future? I think wherever they put more money, uh, that's where uh, programs are going to be more successful and recruits are going to go. When you look at that, though, as far as recruiting, now that NAI is an actual championship-sanctioned sport, do you think that's going to help in your recruiting? It will right now, but I'm sure that that's going to be a very temporary thing. I, I'd be surprised if that other organization doesn't jump in and, uh, and actually get sanctioned as a championship sport real soon. How difficult was this process then? I think it was 40 schools for NAI, and you crossed that threshold. Can you take us through some of the details on how this actually happened? Well, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I knew the details of how to become an emerging sport. We had talked about it a long time ago uh, with uh, Mike Moyer and, and different, different people. And then I, I think part of the process, uh, not only with, you know, once we were an emerging sport, okay, we had to be an emerging sport for so long. And then we also had to meet the 40 minimum. And while that might've seemed easy, you know, sometimes we lose programs and, and you think, wow, if we lose programs, that's going to really hinder us. But we've had this explosion in wrestling right now. And I think that a lot of NAI schools are, they're more equipped for women's wrestling. They're, they, they seem to be ready for it. Um, if, if you have a men's program, it makes it an easy choice to add a sport. If your institution is more uh, sports enrollment driven, uh, then I think that, you know, women's wrestling, you know, is going to be a big hit on that campus. But 
just looking at that as a whole, I think that the championship aspect of it recruiting wise, yeah, we can say that, but it's going to go away pretty soon. What was it like when the announcement officially dropped? Did your phone blow up? No, uh, I guess be, not really. Um, it, it did the, on social media a little bit, but uh, not as far as calls or texts. I think that everybody had anticipated it. And so I think that when they had seen it, they, they were just like, okay, finally, that, that's awesome. You know, and, and amongst our groups, of course, we were talking about it, um, but you know, no, it didn't, it didn't blow up. Not like when, you know, obviously Kayla does something great or whatever. My phone blows up all the time. Let's go back to when you started at Campbellsville 2013 season, you went three and nine in duels that year. How did you make a foundation to get to the point where you are now after that season? Oh, wow. Uh, great question. I had to reach back. Well, I, I affectionately, called that first group of girls, the bad news bears. And uh, it was because uh, maybe, well, a lot of it was, we, we had to build a team fast and I tried to recruit weight classes and I was, I think I was one off. I think we didn't have a 170 pounder. I actually think I tried to put a bowler in there one time. Um, it's a story I could tell you against Donnie Stevens, but uh, anyway, I, uh, I was, uh, I think we had 12 on our team and I think we filled nine weight classes, I think is what it was. But, uh, oh, I thought that when girls came into college that they were going to know how to wrestle, like on the guy side, you know, a guy comes into college, he's a good recruit. He's probably going to really know how to wrestle. Um, I found that, you know, nine years ago on the women's side, that, that was not the case. Um, and so, what we did was uh, I basically cleared the first half of the season schedule. Um, we might've done one thing or something like that, but uh, I really cleared it. And all we did was practice and learn fundamentals and learn how to wrestle starting with stance and motion and then hand fighting and then sprawl. And I mean, et cetera. And step-by-step step, uh, I taught them how to wrestle. And uh, in the end, they came out actually pretty good. I think we were six that year first year in the country, something like that, but uh, a pretty good group of girls. I look back on them all very fondly. What made you decide to join women's wrestling? Because that was still kind of right in the middle of this movement, but what made you want to be a, a women's head wrestling coach? I don't know that I ever wanted uh, to be a women's wrestling coach. I, For me, it, it kind of just happened. I was coaching my my daughters, um, I had coached a lot of other girls because of their friends and, and different teams. And I'd been around girls for, you know, quite a while. Um, I think it, it just kind of naturally came uh, when I was retiring from the Navy. I, I decided that I wanted to look at coaching. Um, there was a, you know, this, this position was open. They had actually postponed this position because, um, because they didn't have the locker room built and they didn't have the facilities that they wanted. So they, they postponed it and it actually matched up now with my retirement. So um, that was kind of a, a weird thing that happened with Campbellsville that um, I had kind of forgotten about. But once that happened, I, I, I looked at it and, uh, you know, step-by-step step it became a reality. And, you know, I'd, I'd coached the all Navy team and I'd always loved coaching and I'd, I'd done 
several things with, uh, you know, uh, as a coach, probably every, every crappy coaching job that you can imagine, but, uh, all of them taught me something and I learned something from uh, every single one of them. So that's how, kind of how it became. Were you pretty sure that your daughter, Kayla, who won four WCW championships, just got a silver uh, silver at the world championships. Did you know that she was going to come and wrestle for you? Yes. Um, I wasn't going to take the job unless, unless she uh, liked Campbellsville, wanted to go to Campbellsville. And that was part of the deal with her and I, and, I didn't want to coach against her. And um, so she came down and visited and I didn't say anything about the college. I allowed her to kind of go through her process and uh, I'll probably forget some details and she could fill you in on, on some of them. But uh, I remember she came down, she was uh, at Culver uh, in Culver, Indiana at the time she came down, uh, did a visit. Um, I kind of stayed away from it, you know, kind of let her do her thing. And then I, then I told her I didn't want to talk about it until after she had time to process it and everything. Um, anyway, long story short, she, I remember a text message I got from her and, and it was pretty much dad, please take that job. I, I loved it there. That would be a great place for us to start a program. And so that's what happened. What were those four years like being with your daughter and coaching your daughter? Oh, they were the greatest four years at times. And then they were the hardest four years at times. Um, you know, Kayla's built a lot like me. Uh, she's, uh, when she has her mind stuck to something, she's, she's pretty tough and pretty stubborn and uh, pretty smart kid. Very independent. Uh, that's how I raised her. But, um, you know, it's awesome to be a part of all of those experiences that we, we got to take part uh, of together. Uh, you know, having her on the team, being able to take all of, all of the work uh, that we had done together and then pass that on to so many girls and basically grow a, you know, a grassroots program out of what Kayla and I had, you know, learned together and developed together, um, you know, and, and the other kids in the family, obviously, uh, you know, Sean was a big part of that. My oldest son, he was the first victim of my coaching, so to speak. Um, I remember kind of starting my coaching career with, with my youngest son, Sean, and I think he was you know, five years old. And so he was the first, he was the first victim of that, but you learn a lot as you go through the years, uh, coaching different types of kids and, and having different types of experiences. And uh, I, I think, I think all of the, all of the kids helped develop that system. And, and then Kayla and I just kind of, uh, really got it dialed in, especially for freestyle, especially for uh, women's freestyle. That's kind of where, where that, that whole, whole thing started. And, and most of our system today that we teach um, is still the system that we taught when Kayla was here. Being a coach and a dad, you get to watch your daughter right on the map for the college side. And then you, I mean, think of all the age level world championships, senior level world championships that she's been a part of. How do you process that as a father and as a coach internally? Well, I think it's different at different times of, you know, uh, as far as like when I was younger, I think I'd be a lot more nervous. I think, uh, you know, as we went through it, I got more and more used to a lot of the big matches and things like that. And sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes a lot of that kind of focus that, you know, like maybe a professional focus that you're looking at where their feet are, you're looking at where their hands are, you're looking at very subtle things. Um, 
and and you're trying to relay what's going to help them during that match and and you don't experience it the same way as if you're a father sitting up in the stands watching does that make sense um you can almost numb yourself with that professional uh that professional kind of outlook uh, that perspective you can be looking at all of that stuff and forget that it's your daughter wrestling for us open title or whatever and then when you do get in that situation where you're numb, do you ever get out of that later and, and kind of maybe reflect on it as the dad? Yes, I do. Um, typically, you know, that'll happen, you know, probably more during like a, a quiet time, you know, in the morning, I like to have some quiet time and a little devotional time. And, uh, during those times, that's when that stuff hits me. Um, I come out of that, maybe professional or guarded um, attitude. And then I, I, I'm a different person, I guess, or just, I'm just open to uh, thinking about more of uh, the other sides of it than just the professional side and what I think maybe she should fix or maybe what I think uh, she did really well, but yeah, you just look at it totally different. I think when you take a moment, those are the times when I reflect on and it's awesome. You mentioned your military background. How did that influence how you coach and what you do today? I would say structure, like uh, just as far as I teach, you know, step-by-step, primary, secondary, tertiary, uh, just trying to break maybe, uh, you know, what what might take someone a sentence to say, uh, to be able to say one word and the girl knows exactly what I mean and can hit that and, um, adjust for that or whatever. Um, I can communicate much faster. Um, and that's, that's just a big thing in our room, you know, as far as that, you know, primary, secondary, and tertiary, we try to break it down to very short commands. And, um, you know, we know what's coming because we've already trained it, uh, in order so many times that our fundamentals are going to keep us where we're supposed to be. And then our offensive mindset and our, um, kind of, uh, you know, that checklist, you know, we're looking for this. If this isn't there, we're looking for this. If that's not there, then we're looking for this. You hear that there's a different style, different vibe for millennials, and they, they operate a little bit different. My impression would be that the military wouldn't cater to that type of mentality. How do you meld that? How do you adapt to the changing environment that you're in to make sure you get the best out of someone? Well, I would say, first of all, that, that mindset, that very, um, very militant way of doing things and it just doesn't work very well for females at all um most females so i learned early you know and i you know i've been adjusting you know for a long time i'm a a totally different coach than i was the first year that i coached campbellsville university and you know i've grown a lot Uh, made every mistake i think that you can make uh, and i've now you know i feel like i can I can reach more of the girls on the spectrum. I feel like, you know, they, they, they react better to me. I think that I get my, my, I get my lessons across and and I get, I get them to communicate better with me now uh, being the way that I am now. Um, Now it doesn't change, you know, the teaching uh, methods, you know, that, that structure uh, is still there. um, But the, everything else around it has become, let's just say less militant, more 
soft, you know, softer. And uh, I think the girls just, they, they need to know that you care about them. You know, it's very important. Um, once they know that you care about them, they, they'll do anything that you ask them to. They're awesome. You said you've made every mistake. Could you give us one or two so we can learn from you and, and not make those ourselves? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. Well, you know how they say that you cannot delegate uh, responsibility, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of tell a little, a little funny on uh, Coach Biega, um, one, one of the great coaches out there right now. Um, Coach Biega was here, brand new, and we were leaving for the University of the Cumberlands, okay, to wrestle uh, over there. That's in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Well, we left. I was probably a little bit too fast. I don't know. We got separated on the way to Williamsburg. And, uh, and uh, Paulina <laughs> ends up going to uh, Cumberland, Tennessee. <laughs> and anyway, so we had to like stall weigh-ins and they're racing back to Williamsburg. And, and it's this crazy thing of how it became one of the girls woke up and had a text from her mom saying, why are you in so-and-so Tennessee? And she's like, Hey coach, where are we at? And then all of a sudden, you know, somehow they came to the realization and then all of a sudden the phone started going up, but like, that's a mistake. Okay. That's a logistical mistake. Probably anybody could make that. Uh, I should have made sure that my assistant coach knew which uh, university of Cumberland we were going to. Um, Let's see. Another mistake I've made. Probably more. Uh, I think I probably have held on to an athlete and tried to help an athlete too much at times. Um, I have a really hard time uh, giving up on kids. Um, that's probably just because of my uh, lack of a great upbringing. Uh, my childhood, you know, just wasn't spectacular. So. I, I think that's why I always want to help kids. I want to, I want to see them do well. I want to see them, you know, kind of have a, an opportunity. I, I hate to take away an opportunity that they have already. And so it, it gets tough for me. When do you make that determination that you're hanging on too long and that maybe they don't want to be helped? That's the tough part, isn't it? Um, uh, typically, Typically, it works itself out where um, finally, you know, the last straw, you know, is the last straw. But uh, sometimes it, it can go on for, you know, for, for so long that it, it feels like you just, it's time. You know, you have to give them an, uh, an ultimatum. Uh, this is what you need to do by this time or um, you're no longer going to be with us. And that's something I've only had to do once or twice Normally, I've been able to hold on and, and, and see them graduate at least. But uh, that's a hard thing for me to do. Um, I don't give up very easy. I'm kind of stubborn in that way. Talk about not giving up. This season, you said in a quote that it was a roller coaster and that you had to fight through adversity. Lost to Life University in the finals of the national duels. Lost them again in a duel. But then you won the conference and then won the national championships. What was it like going through the season? What adversity did you face along the way? Well, we were getting some girls back from injury. 
so we didn't have them back early on. Uh, we had some girls that um, weren't weren't down to weight yet, so they were late coming into the season. <clears throat> uh, some of that stuff was caused by COVID. You know, once these, you know, we we get a girl that pop positive on COVID, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's she's quarantined, but also she's contact traced all these other girls, and and so now they're quarantined or whatever. Um, well, it it happened to us uh, several times, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, we would lose, you know, part of our team, and we would have to put in backups and do what we could and, and wrestle, and that was kind of just how I thought. Everybody had to do it during COVID. I wish I could have uh, postponed the match or something like that, but it wouldn't have been ethical. I had plenty of girls that I could put into that spot. It wasn't like I lost half my team was only going to have, you know, five girls wrestle. So uh, it was just, it was tough to take those losses on the chin, but uh, just move forward. And then the NAIA championships, really, if you watched it, it was a, a wild tournament. I think 10 schools had an individual champion this year and you guys came out on top but being part of that tournament what was it like what was the formula to get you guys over the hump and, and win the championship Ooh, the formula was really about depth um i i knew that having a lot of national champions was going to be difficult this year we had some girls that you know were capable but uh, circumstances just we're not good for us this year for, for multiple reasons. Um, uh, I'm sure that you're familiar with what Michaela Campbell was going through. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, could you, could you elaborate on that? Yeah, I'll try. Uh, a little over a year ago, she lost her uh, father in a in an accident, and then uh, um, a little less than a year later, um, she lost her her mother uh, to a second aneurysm, and uh, her mother was unresponsive when she came out to wrestle. Um, she had been at home, and uh, it was hard. Uh, she had a hard decision to make. She didn't, you know, she didn't want to let the team down. We knew it was going to be close. Um, you know, we had already lost Angie Bitteridi. Um, I think she was, I think she was like ranked number two or something like that. But uh, you know, someone that's you know really going to bring us some points. And we and we knew that we were we were just a little bit in trouble. We had some soft spots. We needed some girls to rise up a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, she she decided. But first, she decided she wasn't going to. Um, <clears throat> and through a roller coaster of emotions and phone calls, uh, conversations between her and I, she decided that she was going to come out and wrestle. And she came out. Uh, she hadn't been practicing, hadn't been doing anything. You know, uh, just she jumped on a plane, came out and wrestled. She got here. She didn't know what she weighed. Uh, we got her in the night before, uh, found out what she weighed. You know, dealt with that and then went and wrestled. So, tough kid. Yeah, as a coach, though, you see someone do that for you and for the team. What does that feel like inside?
it's, uh, it's gut wrenching. Um, and it's inspiring. But it's tough. It's, it's, a, it's just an emotional thing. Um, I couldn't imagine having to go through that. That's, uh, and she did it for us, for you know her wrestling family. So she means a whole lot to us. And then when you do win a championship, a team championship, that has to be kind of validation for her. That has to be a big part of, of her coming back. I would assume that she has to feel real good about uh, what she did for the team. Uh, she does. Um, she, of course, wanted to do more. But, you know, her head was not even close to in the, in the right space and, and she hadn't been training. So uh, for her, you know, we, we had even talked about it. And I said, you know, there's absolutely no pressure for you to go out and win this thing. Just go out and do your best. If you give us All-American points, that's the best thing that you can do for us right now. It's more than we can ever ask. So don't put any pressure on yourself at all. And, um, she went out and did her best. When you guys won a team championship, do you feel like the, the school embraces that and that they're supportive of what you guys have, have done and accomplished? Well, you know, I think selfishly for the girls, I, I, I always want them to do more. Um, you know, I, you know, when you picture winning a national championship as a, as a head coach, I think that maybe you picture, you know, you're going to come home to a, you know, something big and it's going to be a, a huge deal. Uh, it, it is, you know, they're going to, you know, we get, we get recognized tomorrow night uh, on the, on the football field. Um, we get, uh, you know, we're going to do a ring ceremony at some point, um, you know, things like that. And we've gotten to go up to the, uh, the state Capitol building and, and be recognized by them. So we do get, we, we do get recognized, but I think, you know, I always want more from my girls. They work really hard, and uh, I'm always going to fight for more. Does that recognition change once we get sanctioned status? Because this was an invitational. Do you feel like there's going to be a little difference in the ability to recognize? So do you guys consider the NAI Invitational Championships in your school? Like, how will that look? I would think so. Um, it would be obvious to me that, you know, being a real national championship and, and, and for Campbellsville, it'd be their first national championship other than our national invitation, you know, championships. And, and honestly, I consider the 2018 WCWA probably our biggest championship, you know, cause that was against all, uh, you know, the teams. So, I mean, depending on how you look at it, um, but I think for them being an NAI institution an NAI national championship should be uh you know the biggest thing that has ever happened to the school as far as sports goes when we move forward how can we continue to embrace this move from nai invitational status to nai championships hopefully we kind of see that because i saw the uh the response to this and it seemed like people were were genuinely excited about this as a, a big step for women's wrestling how do we carry this momentum forward in, in different capacities Well, it gives us validation, but I think that a whole bunch of people out there probably weren't even aware that we were about to take this step. Uh, those of us on the inside, like I said, we knew it was kind of coming. We just didn't know when. Um, 
So it happened this year. Finally, we expected it, but a lot of people aren't, they're not really thinking about uh, that. Uh, you know, think about if you're a, you know, if you're a mom and dad uh, on, you know, a younger level, you're just, you're just thinking about going through that process and learning all those little things about your local stuff. You're probably not thinking about how they're sanctioning uh, NAI for, you know, a women's national championship, but for them to now hear about it, to market that, to get that word out there, I think is big because if they hear that, then they're like, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. That's an actual official national championship. And so I think that, I think it'll help. Uh, I think some moms are a little, little bit reluctant in letting their daughters wrestle because they, you know, they don't know about the future. Um, and, and having that as another, you know, big flag saying, Hey, women's wrestling is exploding. There's great opportunities for you. Having, having moms see that, I think that's a great thing. So that way that maybe, you know, they'll say, Hey, uh, you know, my daughter has opportunities here. Uh, she can go to college. We, we would assume that most people know that women's wrestling is freestyle. Men's wrestling is folk style in college. What do you think about the, uh, the folk style freestyle debate? Do you like that uh, women's wrestling is, is competed as freestyle? I, I would say that oh, you lost me. I'm sorry. Um, Go ahead and repeat that question. Yeah, the question was men's wrestling is college folk style, the our college style, and then they go to freestyle afterwards. Women's wrestling, freestyle and freestyle. Some people probably don't know that women's is wrestle is freestyle, but do you think that is good and healthy that women wrestle freestyle and then they have that opportunity afterward in freestyle? I I love the fact that college wrestling is for women is freestyle. Um, you know, for, for our national team, for our, um, you know, for our Olympic teams, that that's going to help us immensely, but well, but, and also <clears throat> it, it can hurt us in a way because some girls are reluctant to come from high school. If they haven't wrestled freestyle, um, they're reluctant to go into college because they find out it's freestyle. And one of the things I often hear from recruits when, when I'm talking to them is, things like I haven't wrestled much freestyle or, um, you know, I only know a little bit of freestyle. Um, and they'll say that that worries them. And what I would say to that and what I always say is that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you'll pick up the transition very quickly and, you know, just, you know, kind of make them understand that they'll get through it. Uh, but, I wish that they wrestled a little bit more freestyle in, in high school, but that's how it can hurt us, you know, a little bit is because some, there's some reluctance because a lot of girls don't wrestle freestyle. Will you be at the U S open? I believe so. Um, there's a, also a recruiting fair there. So um, I've heard, a, I've heard a couple things that uh, heard a couple things I gotta go check out. And uh, um, it's just, it's such a good showcase that you can't miss it. Do you use Kayla Miracle as a recruiting pitch to get people to come to Campbellsville? Absolutely. Um, if if you had if you had a superstar as a as a daughter and as a four time national champion in your program, I don't have to ask you. You know, you would. <laughs> hey, it's let's close. Yeah, let's close this out. Any final thoughts from you before we uh, we go our separate ways? No, um, I think that you know heading forward. 
you know, the next thing that we're going to see is the other organization um, have its national championship, uh, you know, named. And then we'll, uh, at that point, as long as this exponential growth happens in women's wrestling, we're going to see some you know, really crazy good things in the future. We really appreciate being on the show today for Lee Miracle. I am Kyle Klingman. You have been watching the Bader show.